we are, we are in this series that has been, well, we thought it was going to be um, just one three-week series about unity and oneness, and now it's week 13, I think, today. And we've kind of squeezed into that time frame a little bit about uh, a little series on Ephesians. And if you've been following along, um, we have actually today, with today's passage that we're going to look at, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3, um, starting in verse uh, 14 or so. If you have your Bibles, definitely um, turn to that spot. That's where we're going to hang out. If you were following along over the last five weeks or so, what will happen, you, you'll have read through all of Ephesians, which you could do on your own in probably under an hour. But we've been through all of Ephesians, and we've focused in certain areas. And for those of you that haven't been with us, today's a great day because today is a standalone message that's really going to challenge a lot of us. And we really need the Holy Spirit to show up and to really empower us, and you'll see why in just a second. But basically, Ephesians is broken up into two big chunks. Well, the first half is really chapters 1 through 3, where Paul talks about kind of like the history of the world, the mystery that God was, was unveiling and has unveiled in Jesus Christ. And then the second half of the book of Ephesians is it's all about basically what does that mean for us? Like how do we live and how do we relate to each other? And what do parents, how do they relate to kids and kids to parents and husbands and wives and slaves and masters and just church in general? And, and we kind of see that there's almost like... Uh, the fact that the family is almost like a little microcosm of the church big C. So even our families have the opportunity to display the glory of God. And, and so this is what it was. Now last week, um, we kind of left off in a very heavy spot. And uh, if you can swipe over to the iPad for a second, you guys might remember this little quick random drawing that I did last week. And we were talking about Ephesians 2.18 and the fact that the the, that Paul had said that we all, Jews, Gentiles, and everybody, through Christ, we have access to the Father. So we have access to God this way. But my question that I left you with last week and what we wrestled with, maybe some of you wrestled with this week, is does the Father have access to us? Or have we built up a wall and basically said, thank you, I want to be able to pray for whatever I want, whenever I want. I have access to the Father, but Lord, if you want to speak to me about something specific in my life, hold on a second. Or he might just say, you know what, I don't know if I trust you, God, and so I'm not necessarily going to bring everything to you, even though I have access. And so I feel as though that this, there's an element to this that I think today's passage helps us kind of crack the code on this diagram and why it is that we put up those barriers. And so um, before I read from Ephesians 3, what I want to do is pray and just ask God to, uh, yeah, to have access to our hearts. So um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, God, that it's going to challenge us today. And Lord, that there are some specific things you want to teach us. And Lord, we know that we are not the teacher. You are the teacher. Holy Spirit, you teach us. And that, Lord, as we open up our hearts and our minds to you, Lord, you're going to speak to us. Lord, help us to leave this place different than when we came in. And help us to just not listen, but help us to apply what we're hearing you say to us. And then in a time of worship that's going to be a little bit more laid back, that's going to be a little bit more, more tender and thoughtful, Lord, I pray that your spirit would move during that time so that we might hear you. In Jesus' name we pray. 
So how many of you um, celebrated Advent when you were a kid? Just like, yeah, that was a part of our family. All right, so maybe like a third or so of, of the crowd. So Advent is, is very historical. It's very uh, much been a part of the church for hundreds of years. And, and really it kind of is a, a remembering of what it was like to have been part of the people of God looking ahead to the Messiah coming. They were all looking for him, and they thought that he was going to come as a warrior king and that he was going to take over and overthrow Rome, and that obviously is not what happened. He came as a baby, the most tender way he could possibly come, most peaceful and unassuming way. And so there's that kind of like remembering what that must have been like, but now as we know that Christ has come and the Messiah is here, now we look ahead to his second return. And so it's almost like we're in a second advent. We're, we're looking ahead to Christ's return. And, and I think that part of the, the tradition of advent, um, if you haven't um, connected with that in the past, we have some resources that we can get to you that are digital resources or printed, we can get that to you. But I think the, the thing to know is that there's words that are associated each week. And one of the words that is associated with Advent during one of the weeks is the word love. And the word love, um, for, for our culture, I think that our culture has kind of like hijacked that word. Because when I say the word love, you have all kinds of things that start going through your head. And I think today is all about understanding what Ephesians says about love and about how we can understand it as well. And so I'm going to go ahead and just start reading um, from verse 16 in Ephesians 3. The full passage starts from 14 and all the way to 21. We'll get to 21, but we're going to go in steps. You guys ready for this? This is Paul saying to the Ephesians, I pray that out of his glorious riches... He may strengthen you. Everyone say strengthen. Strengthen you with power. Say power. Power. That's a key word. Through his spirit in your inner being. So so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So here, here he's saying that you may have strength, that you would be strengthened with power from yourself. From power that you muster up because of you're just that great. No, through the power, through the Spirit. I remember back to the very, very beginning of this series, 13 plus weeks ago, where we were talking about that Jesus prayed that we would be one. And then in Acts 2, we heard Danielle come and speak about the fact that the Holy Spirit came and and brought power and oneness to the early church, right? And here, the Spirit of God is referred to. The Spirit of God is the difference maker when it comes to having power and being strengthened in your inner being. Do you guys catch that? How many of us have written off the Holy Spirit? Too weird. I've seen stuff. It's been abused. It was only for the early church. The Holy Spirit is the difference maker when it comes to being strengthened in your inner being. Some of us, we walk out of here, I'm, I'm sure you've been there, you walk out of here and you're like, man, I, I still feel so far away from God. What am I doing wrong? You can raise your hand in your mind. Anybody been there, right? And I think sometimes we, we're like, okay, what am I doing wrong? I need to do something more. And what this is saying is like the, the strength in your inner being doesn't come from you. It comes from the Holy Spirit. 
And how often do we leave here and we feel distant from God and we say, time out. The lie that I'm believing is that it's about me and what I'm doing. Holy Spirit, I need you to empower me with strength in the inside. And how many know that he is faithful to do that? But that's a prayer that we forget to pray. It's a, it's a prayer that I forget to pray. And so we see that this is huge. I talked about it a little bit um, a few weeks ago, this idea of power within. I think there's a slide, Nathan, that says power within. And this is something that Brene Brown in some of her books is, is kind of like uh, talked about. But the, the idea here is that the power within is the ability to recognize differences and respect others grounded in a strong foundation of self-worth and self-knowledge. How many of you know that you, when you are empowered and strengthened by the Holy Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in you, that when you have that, you have power within, that you have a sense and a clarity about what you're worth and who you are. This power within is what Paul is talking about. This is the first step if you're taking notes. If you're kind of like, okay, what is Paul's prayer for the Ephesians? The first piece of it is that we would have power, that we would have strength on the inside of us, and that that strength would come from the Holy Spirit, and that we can pray for that strength, and we can rely on that strength instead of relying on ourselves. Let's keep reading. The latter part of verse 17 says, and I pray that you, so it's like, I pray that you would have strength on the inside, right? I'm praying that you guys would have strength on the inside. And I pray that you being rooted and established, rooted like a tree and established like a building, that you would be rooted and established in what? Love. There's that word. And that you may have power, there's that word again, power a second time. But not power within, power with. Power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. When you look at this, rooted and established in love. And that having power, not power by yourself, but power together with all of God's holy people. Why? Why is it that a thing? Why does Paul pray this? So that you can go be an awesome, super disciple-making machine outside? No, so that you could grasp the immensity, what did I say last night? It was uh, the magnanimous love of God. I don't know if that's appropriate usage. Any English majors in here? That you would grasp the love of God. That this is something that is so high, so deep, so wide, so long, that you would somehow, but you would do that together. So here's what I'm going to need. I need, um, I need four volunteers real quick. Corey, do your thing. Um, here's what I need. I need just a, a couple of, I need somebody to go over on this side of the room. Maybe over here, like somebody like just like is bored, falling asleep, needs to get out of the chair. Go that way. All right. Yep. Okay. Kinsey, good. All right. Oh, we got two. Yep. You both can go there. You're good. Yeah, Derek, go, man. You're good. All right. I need somebody back there. Like I need somebody back by the sound booth. Mike, you want to just stand up? 
You can be in it, man. I know you're comfy. You look so cozy, man. It's awesome. All right, now I need somebody to come up here. I need somebody to come up here. Yes. All right, man. Thank you, sir. All right, I need someone to go over on this side by that door. Anybody? 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 All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. All right, so here's the deal. This is what Paul's trying to say. He's trying to say, I want you to understand how long, how wide, how high, welcome to Corey. There he is. All right. How high is the love of God? So let me just ask you, let's go wide. Is God's love over there? The answer is yes. Yeah, there you go. And is the God's love, wait, you have to back up. Keep going, keep going. Don't go to the bathroom. Okay, yes, is God's love over there? Yes, awesome. Is God's love in the back? Awesome. Is God's love here? And is God's love deep too? Awesome. Woo. Let's go, Sam. All right. It is deep, too. So, <laughs> you freaked out a little bit. <laughs> so, thank you. You guys can come on, come on and sit down. So, oh, wait. Is it high up there, Corey? Is he up there? Yeah. So, what happens when you come to Saturday night service and you've already heard the message, you get used in illustrations and you sit under the stage for 20 minutes waiting for Joe to get to this part of his message. Dude, let's hear it for Sam. He's been down there a while. <laughs> you literally freaked out. But how wide, how long, how deep, how high is the love of God? And so, this is silly, right? We're trying to explain God's love is way, way wider, way longer, way higher, way deeper than what we're able to illustrate, right? Amen. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Hey, we, somebody's getting it. This is what it's all about. In our minds, what we think about love, we think about, okay, Hallmark movies. Oh, yeah. Like, seriously, I have to get, okay, it's Advent, all right? It's Advent, and every week in Advent, if you haven't been here, I always have to diss Hallmark movies, all right? At least once. Good night. But our, our idea of love is, is not the same as what we're reading here, right? I mean, I know for certain that Sarah does not talk about my love for her, about, let me tell you how wide and how long and how high and how deep Joe's love for me is. I don't know if she would say that. Because I'm a, I'm a broken guy, and I, I have faults. And, but there's a love here that's described. All right, I need another, another volunteer to try to explain this a little bit. All right, illustration number two. Oh, okay, come on up, Aaron. Aaron, let's hear it for Aaron. All right, so come, come on up here. I'm a little nervous. Yeah, you're good. You don't have to go under the stage, which is awesome. So it's almost like what Paul's saying here is that God's love is so immense. It's such a weight, weighty issue. It's such, it has such gravitas, all right? It has such gravity to it that it's hard for us to understand it. So here's what I want you to do, Aaron. This is a 52-pound kettlebell, all right? Just go ahead and hold that. Now, that, that, kettle, that kettlebell is, is heavy, right? And if you needed to... <laughs> If you needed to hold that for like the next, I don't know, 
50 years, it would be difficult. But let me ask for a couple more, <laughs> let me ask for a couple more um, helpers. Because what we're trying to do is grasp this. All right, here comes Pat. Of course, I need a couple more. So I want you to just, I want you to just help him hold that kettlebell up. But wait real quick, can you just lift that over your head? Can you just, can you lift it over your head? Okay, yeah, you got it, yeah! Woo, dude, you stud! All right, so, all right, so now, Pat, I just want you to help him hold that up. Is that easier? It's easier. All right, somebody else come on up. There you go. All right, now I want you to help them hold the kettlebell. All right, is it easier, is it even? <laughs> it's not baby Jesus, I mean, what are we doing? You can, yeah, there you go. Okay, there you go. Oh, there you go. Awesome. All right, now lift that, now lift that above Jesse's head. Super easy, right? Yeah, you're not doing anything. So here's the idea. Picture, snap a picture in your mind of this. Because what it says and what Paul's saying, and it's kind of weird, but that you would have power together to grasp the idea of what God's love is like. I would say this. There are two things that you have to have in order to grasp God's love. You ready for this? Number one, the Holy Spirit. And number two, each other. If you try to understand God's love by yourself, you will always fake yourself out. Because something's not going to go your way. And then you're going to question God's love. But someone might be near you and say, let me help you understand that. Let me help you understand what it looks like. I'll tell you this. If, how do you experience the, the width and the breadth and the height and the depth of God's love in your life? I'll tell you. What I think is a very, very big way that we experience God's love. It's through other people. We will experience forgiveness through other people. We will, we will experience love, kindness, hope, patience, and it's through other people. Is it getting heavy? These guys are not working, obviously. But if you've ever wronged someone and you have had the trustworthiness in your heart to go to that person and to admit you're wrong, and to have that person forgive you, it will blow your mind. And to know that Jesus died for all of our wrongs, and that God has forgiven us of that, it shows us what God is like. It's because we have interactions with each other that we're able to understand what God's love and the weight of that looks like. You guys good? Let's hear it for these guys. Thank you. Let me just ask a question that I don't normally do. I don't normally do this. What is going through your brain right now besides what you want for lunch? When you think about God's love in this way, What's going through your mind? It's almost overwhelming, she said. 
Yeah. Somebody else? Where do you even begin? Right? Where do you even begin, she said. Doesn't it demonstrate that like the church, like the body of Christ, can affect us to show us how God loves us? Yeah. The church as the body of Christ can affect us to show us what the love of God looks like. And here's what I think is interesting, and I'm going to... I love the fact that he used the word grasp because now I can do this illustration. If I try to hold this by myself and I'm trying to comprehend God's love, like I said before, things are going to happen that are not okay. And that's going to kind of like come at my grip on this idea that God loves me. He loves me. And then this happens but he loves me, and then somebody does something that's not okay. And my, my grip starts to loosen on this idea. And then I lose my mom at the beginning of this year. And I'm like, man, God, are you really a loving God? And my grip starts to loosen some more to the point where we have taken what we see in our world and our experience, and we've applied that to say that's what God's love is. So proud of a few people that reached out after last week's service that said, you know, hey, I'm wanting to meet with you. I'm wanting to talk. I'm wanting to figure out this thing. I want more access. God, have more access to my heart. And that's what happens is when I feel like I'm losing my grip on the God's love and that his goodness is, is actually a thing, that it's not about isolating and not about buckling down and starting to like pray harder and to read. Sometimes it's reaching out to someone and saying, I need to talk to somebody. I need somebody to help me understand. What am I missing? Guys, this is what it's all about. And I think oneness for us, oneness for us is coming back to this idea that what we have to figure out, it's been this the entire time, is this idea that it is all about, well, we want unity and we want oneness and we want to move together as one. Yeah, but guess what? It starts here. We want power with each other. There's another slide. Power with is really to be able to multiply these talents and see all these awesome things happen. We want to go do some great things for God. And all of us are going, but wait, time out. I'm not sure I'm strong inside. And Paul's saying, you got to be strong inside first. And it's the Holy Spirit that does this work. It's the Holy Spirit that allows for us to have that strength on the inside. Guys, this is what it's all about. But is it, though? Is it, though? Is it? Because in verse 20, it tells us exactly why all this is going to be a thing. What is the purpose of God giving you strength on the inside. And what is God's purpose for allowing us to somehow grasp together with all the holy people of God that we would be able to grasp the love of God? Why does he want that to happen? Verse 20 is what it says. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, there's that word a third time, that is at work outside of us, Absolutely not. Within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. That is our mission statement, second place. 
that every generation would find its way back to God, that there would be the purpose of you having strength on the inside, the purpose of us working together to grasp the love of God is so that there would be glory in his church and that God's glory would be seen so that the world would know that Jesus is who he says he is. And when we struggle on the inside, we can't even get to the next step of comprehending together what God's love is like. Are you guys getting this? Guys, you have been called to an amazing adventure with God and with each other. And it is our distinct purpose and honor to to pursue this with everything we have in us. Why don't we? Why don't we? And you know what? I think... um, I think that there's a, a lot of reasons why. But when you think about how wide, this idea that God's love is wide, what I thought about was the fact that a lie that we believe is that I am not worthy of God's love. But the truth is this, God's love is wide enough to reach you. It's actually, God's love is wide enough to reach anyone because God's love is the love that leaves the 99 to find the one and to rescue them. God's love is wide enough. You are not unworthy of his love because if you've given your heart to Christ, if you're serving and you're saying, God, I believe, then God is there and you are worthy of God's love. Because he's made you worthy. Is anybody thankful for that? God's love is long. Yeah, whatever. I don't get that. The lie that we believe is that somehow God's love is going to run out. Or that I can do things that's going to cause me to outrun God's love. Let me tell you what the truth is. The truth is this, is that you could never outrun God's love. And actually that God's love is in it for the long haul. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will be with you. He is standing at the beginning of your story. He's standing with you now and he's standing with you at the end of time. I'm telling you right now that God's love is in it for the long haul. It will not run out. God's love is high. I don't need God because... I've been so successful, I have it all. I mean, that's one of the biggest troubles. I mean, a lot of us are, are in that mode of like trying to, to get ahead in life and we're trying to make, get those promotions and make that money and do all that stuff. And I'm going to tell you right now, one of the biggest challenges that we have as a culture, as a church, is the fact that we come here and we don't really need God because we haven't been hungry in a long time and we don't look for water on a daily basis and we don't have to figure out where our clothes are going to come from. We don't need God for all the basics. And so what we do is we get self-sufficient and we say, you know what? I don't need God. I have made it to here. But I want to tell you, if you have friends that are CEOs and presidents and owners of multiple companies, let me tell you that God is standing with them, waiting for them to simply say, I need you, and the Holy Spirit and God's love is there. Do you guys believe that? The lie is that I don't need God, but the truth is, you ready for this? No matter how high you get, That's a joke, guys. Like, no matter how high you get, 
You are loved by God. You guys are so tightly wound, man. There are people that will tell you that they got saved when they were high, so that's a whole other sermon. But I will tell you, I'm, I'm serious. But no matter how high you go, no matter what success level you reach, God's love is still there for you, and you don't have to give in to all the things. You can allow yourself to own things, but they don't have to own you. God's love is deep. I think the band can come up. The lie I believe or that we believe with this one is that I've done things that disqualify me from God's love. I've done things that disqualify me from God's love. But the truth is this. The truth is that God's love is deep enough to heal the dark places of your heart. It doesn't matter what you've done, but God's love is so deep that he is able to go into the dark places of your heart and heal those places. God's love descends in the dark areas of our past, and God's love is there to heal us. God's love is deep. So today as we go to music and we begin to sing, My challenge to you today is to ask the question, (laughs) when I walked in, what was my thought and what was my scope of what God's love was and where am I at and where I need to move to in that? Because what Paul describes is something way bigger than maybe what even I was thinking of. And where is the strength and the inside Where is that strength on the inside that the Holy Spirit brings and power? Where is the power in the church where we see that those that are are strong on the inside and that are are understanding and grasping the love of God together, where is the power for us as second place? Let me tell you, I believe that God is wanting to do some awesome things now and in the near future and in the future into 2019. And I believe that part of that is that we cannot, we will not end a series on oneness, but it's just simply going to continue. And we need to weave that into and understand what God is trying to do. He's trying to help us see that his prayer was for us to be one because there is power in oneness. And that power changes the world. You guys can stand. Psalm 139. says this, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. Even the darkness will not be dark to God. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Today we, uh, we know that all of this is possible because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. And we have communion available on the tables um, on the back, either side and up front here. And we want you to 
during the next few songs to just remember that all of this is possible because of that sacrifice. And you can go with, by yourself, with friends, with family, and, and remember that sacrifice together and pray. And you can go and find a, a clear spot. If you can find one in the warehouse, you can come up here. You can go to the side. I'll be in this area if you want to pray about some sort of distorted idea of love that you've had in your head and you've allowed that to inform your thoughts about God's love. We can do whatever. And, and you can find a spot. And you can just do some business and say, God, where am I at on the inside? Where am I at understanding and grasping your love? So, so Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for what you're doing in our lives. And Lord, more than anything, what we want is we want to really see, we long for what we see in Ephesians 3 to be true at second place and in our families, that our families, our marriages, our friendships could literally exhibit the glory of God because of that understanding of God's love. It changes things. Holy Spirit, you're the difference maker. And so we, we invite you into the dark places of our hearts. We invite you in to the tough places that we've held back from you. And Lord, we just ask right now that you would begin the healing process. It may take time, but Lord, we pray that you would begin the healing process. And Lord, that we would, we would simply say to you today, Lord, we long for you. We long for you to come into our hearts, to take residence. We give you full run of the house. And we long for your return, Lord God. As we sing, Lord, we pray that these songs would not be just songs, but they would be a cry, a prayer, a declaration to you, God. In Jesus' name. In those sweet moments. One of the things that I do not love about second place is that we're ascending church <laughs> and that means that uh, every now and again we send and we say goodbye to a few folks for a little bit hopefully not for a super long time so Corey Youthy get up here man this kid's going to the Marines next week <laughs> so how long have you been coming to second place, bro? Three years. Three years? Nice. And you are, uh, you're, what are you going to be doing now, man? What are you, what are you, where are you headed? What's happening? Uh, I'm headed to boot camp for three months. And then um, and then back here for 10 days. And then that's, I don't know when I'll be back. Awesome. So uh, I remember when this kid showed up, like first, the first Sunday, he was sitting over here and he was sitting by himself and he was like super quiet super quiet and this kid has just become a part of the fabric of um, not only the youth ministry and just recently graduated but he has been um, running sound on Saturday nights for us been a huge part of Saturday night we're going to shave that head next Saturday night for our Saturday night family yeah I'm right right here on the stage man we'll get rid of that hair and uh and it's just been a just such a blessing to watch you grow in the Lord and and like come out of your shell bro like you're just like, you like light it up now once, that, once you walk into a room. Um, what, pull it together for a, set, a hot second and just say, what is, what is second place and what has God done in your life over the last three years? You got this. I was uh, baptized here. My, uh, my first ever boot camp. 
with the church. And um, ever since then, it's been completely different for me, um, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And um, there's this person, I'm not going to say names, but she said something to me the day I got baptized that would kind of like name this church for me. And uh, she said, I'm so happy you're a part of this family. And she gave me a big old hug. So that's what second place has been for me. It hasn't been a church. It hasn't been a friend group. It's been a family, a family that I'm going to come back to <laughs> real soon. Um, you know, I, there's a lot of people in here that I can name that have been a beacon of light for me. And uh, I can't say thank you enough, like, for everybody who um, just wanted to pour into me and to, to move me closer to God. <laughs> Let's pray for Corey, am I? Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> God, we thank you for Corey's life, for the example that he's been for the journey that he is on that he's been on the the ability to be a part of that story for the short time that we've been together lord it seems like forever but lord now we're going to see him go we're going to see him go and do what he needs to do what he feels like you're calling him to lord and he's taking a step of faith right now and lord to go into the marines to defend our country and lord we pray a blessing upon him we pray for protection and safety and lord we pray god that you would order his steps that you would open up doors that he would begin to meet people and he would connect with other guys in the in the marines that are that are christians that are believers that are strong that want to change their atmosphere that they're at lord and that he would be able to accomplish some amazing things lord I pray that he would lead many to the Lord because of the way that he is living. He may not even preach it, but Lord, that he just lives it out day in and day out. And Lord, that he would be that light in, in, in those dark places, Lord God. We thank you for that and for his life. And Lord, I pray that the hole that he leaves behind, we don't fill holes, Lord God. We work around them. And so, Lord, we're not going to forget this guy. We're not, gonna, we're not just going to fill his hole that he leaves when he leaves. But, Lord, we're going to remember him. And, Lord, we're going to work around that gap until we see him again. And, Lord, we know that you're going to bring him back safe and ready to go to the next step. We thank you, God, for this, this life and for Corey and for all that you've done in his life, Lord God. Lord, we just uh, ask that as we go today, God, that you would allow us to do the work this week, to allow the Holy Spirit to give us strength on the inside. And Lord, that we would reach out to others around us to grasp how amazing your love is. And Lord, that you would work us into a church, Lord God, where your glory is seen and felt, Lord God. And I know even in Corey's life, we see the glory of God, Lord. And we thank you for all that you're doing in all of our lives. We pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great, great week, and we'll see you very soon. High five, Corey. He's going to fight for us. <laughs>